I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 25. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. Yay! Hi, how's your day going? <laughs> so good to have you here today. Uh, and I know you want to listen in, men and women, because today is all about sex. Yeah. And I call this getting the sizzle back in your relationship or, you know, just really having some hot sex again. That's what today's all about. So today, here's what you're going to learn. If you want to stay tuned, here's what you're going to get today. My five reasons why your sex life got off track to begin with, so you can kind of guard against those. The research about what couples with great sex lives are doing. Yes, there's been research on this. And then my top five tips for putting the triple X back in married sex. Isn't that cute? Don't you like how I did that there with the X's? Yeah. So here's the deal. Okay, so let's just jump right in. You know, a little while ago, uh, as I was thinking about doing this, because as you might imagine, with the couples I see and the individuals I see, I don't, as a lot of you know, I don't only see uh, couples. I see a lot of individuals also, and we're always working on relationships and that kind of thing. And uh, so I, I've been talking, they talk about sex all the time. It comes up, as you might imagine, with a lot of regularity. And so a while ago, I asked a bunch of men in my practice, I said, I did my own little survey. And I said, how do you romance a woman? That's what I asked them. How do you romance a woman? Asked a bunch of random men, some of them married, some of them not, uh, some of them in a relationship, some of them not just really randomly in my in my world. And they answered very similarly. And I wrote down, you know, exact quotes from them, but they wrote, they told me things like, uh, tell her she's beautiful or sexy, you know, wine and dine her, buy her gifts, take her on vacation, 
what else did they say? Bring her uh, flowers for no reason, things like that. That's pretty much what I heard a lot of. And then, so then I asked a bunch of women in my practice the same question and the same sort of cross-section of women. Again, some were married, some were not, some were in relationships, some were not. And uh, I asked these women the same question, how should your man romance you? What should your man be doing to romance you? And they didn't say any of those things. <laughs> I mean, occasionally they said it was nice to like get gifts for no reason, things like that. But mostly what they answered was were things like this. Cleaning up without me asking, taking the kids so I can sleep in late, but not making me feel bad about it or make me do the same thing for him the next day. You know, that tit for tat stuff. Uh, to listen better. And that included things like put down his phone when we're together, do something for me, uh, you know, without like, so in other words, you're listening, you're hearing things I want to do, and then you maybe make a plan for that. Uh, They also, women also answered uh, that they wanted their men to do something for them that they didn't have, that they, the women didn't have to plan at all. So what comes up a lot for women is, you know, there's maybe a going away for the weekend that maybe a partner or husband will plan, but then the woman needs to get all the childcare together and make sure the kids are taken care of all weekend. And, you know, there's so many things to put together for the kids that, or, and the animals and, you know, everything else and getting them to and from their practices and making sure they still have their, you know, guitar lesson on the weekend or whatever. So even though this nice trip was planned, there's so many other pieces to it that that's exhausting. So having those things done. And then women also said to be told how much they're appreciated more often and with specifics. So not just, hey, thanks for dinner, which is lovely and nice, but really, you know, kind of looking her in the eye and saying, you know, I really appreciate it. I, I see it like that. You know, I know I'm taking away for the weekend and I planned all this stuff and I know how much work you have to do with the kids to make that happen. So I really appreciate it or with the dogs or the house or whatever. Um, or that she had to take time off of work herself and make all that work. And so th- that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, if you can see, right, really different answers and right, right away, you might be sitting there going, oh, this is why I'm not getting laid. Okay. So, okay. But it gets better. So then I asked the, the men, these same men. So as you know, when I asked them the one question, I also asked this other question. I said, how should your woman romance you? I asked the men, how should your woman romance you? And they answered, mostly, again, things like they like the idea of her, you know, wearing something sexy, maybe when she opened the door or showing up at his office, you know, with uh, nothing but a a trench coat and nothing on under it kind of thing. Uh, Definitely, they said, you know, to get flirted with more to maybe do some sexting. And a biggie that got said was for the women to initiate sex to to be the one to ask for sex and to sort of be kind of, you know, chasing, chasing their men. And that, those are the biggies the men asked for. Those were it. Uh, for her to take care of herself, to not wear the same, you know, sweatpants every day, to not wear ugly things to bed. That got mentioned a few times. Um, and then, so, so these are the answers. I have to admit, I wasn't too surprised by them. And then when I asked the women, how do you romance a man? So, so now I asked these same women I had, how do you romance your, a man? They answered be sexy, flirt, let him know you want to have sex. These are, <laughs> these are the things they answered. 
Same answers. I know more or less the same answers, very spot on. And so now that seemed like good news, right? I'm thinking, okay, so the men don't always know what the, you know, what the women want, but at least the women know what the men want, right? So why wouldn't that translate into good sex lives? Well, because me and my little smart ass self, I thought to ask them to these women, I'm like, okay, they had all these good answers, this good news, it would seem like they knew what men wanted. But then I said to them, how often do you do these things? I asked the women, how often do you do these things? And I mainly got some giggles, some abashed grins as they told me things like not very much that they weren't doing, even though they, they did understand what men would like, they weren't doing them. And the, you know, these simple questions can give you lots of answers into why your own sex life has maybe diminished over the last few years. And when I want to be really clear about something, when I say diminished, I don't just mean how often you have sex. So some people will come into me, I get uh, individuals or couples and they'll say, Oh, I have a good sex life. And I'll say, Oh, you know, what makes you say that? They'll say, Oh, we have, we still have sex a couple times a week. And you know, it's, it's, it's decent sex. And I say, okay, what's decent sex to you? Like, what do you mean? Like it's good sex. They'll say it's good sex. And, uh, you know, well, you know, I come, I have an orgasm, uh, are usually the, the things or, um, uh, or a lot of women don't have an orgasm, although a lot of women are still faking orgasms, uh, that, that I speak to or faking them at least some of the time. Um, and, but they still consider it kind of good. Like it's warm, it's connecting, it feels good, uh, that kind of thing. And, uh, men, of course, you know, the, the joke I always hear is, well, uh, Hey, sex is always good. I come every time, you know, <laughs> so that can feel a little, di- a little different for men. Um, and, but to me, this isn't necessarily when I say sex life is diminished, um, how often you have sex. When I hear these kind of answers, it doesn't feel like hot sex to me. It doesn't feel like erotic. It doesn't feel, um, dirty. It doesn't feel like the things that I would hope would still be happening and often happen in early in the relationship. Um, when sex feels more exciting and you can't wait to get your hands on each other and you know, you're at dinner and you just can't, you almost can't wait for it to end. Maybe you don't wait for it to end. Maybe you have a quickie in the bathroom or something. So, And yes, that initial newness shifts and changes, but you can still have erotic sex that can still be there. So, uh, and I'll get to that later in the broadcast. Um, Yeah, that'll keep you tuned in, at least least some of you. Uh, So, but I really just want to say that when I talk about diminished sex, um, I, I am talking about how hot the actual sex is. And how, and how often, of course, can be there. Um, but I know people, you know, and I've certainly talked to couples who have super hot sex, uh, really erotic sex, but they don't necessarily have it often. And uh, I don't consider that diminished. So again, you, you have to take a few variables into account. All right. Now, so again, from what I learned, you know, men forget that women need to be romanced differently than they do. So they don't do things to get their women interested necessarily. And women seem to know what men want, but don't actually give it to them. It's weird. What's with this big disconnect? And to me, it tends to boil down to the simple truth that in general, you know, I'm doing a lot of generalizations today. So forgive me if you don't match this exactly, but Again, I, I work, I've worked with thousands of people over the years, and this is what I have found to be very true, is that men like to have sex to feel close, 
and women need to feel close to want sex. And that is in a relationship. And that is generally how it goes. And that's the big disconnect. So here's my message to men, and I'll get into more details today. But my men, my message to you is this. Every single positive thing you do in your relationship is foreplay. I'm going to say that again. Men, <laughs> every single positive thing you do in your relationship is foreplay. I'm Now, I want to be clear. That's true for women too. All these positive things you do in your relationship are certainly foreplay for men. It's not like men don't like being appreciated and having maybe uh, uh, their favorite meal cooked or having their feet rubbed or, you know, having you do something nice for them. Of course, men appreciate My man appreciates it. Men appreciate it for sure. And they're going to be more inclined. They're going to feel closer to you. They're, you know, that it's not like that's not foreplay. But in my, again, in my experience, it's more important for men to focus on this. So I want both of you to focus on it, but men especially. Uh, so, and when I say this, so men, every single positive thing you do in your relationship is foreplay. Get this, making your own dentist appointment, foreplay. I know, that's a positive thing in your relationship. Remembering little Johnny's cleats and bringing him to practice without your partner reminding you, foreplay. Coming home and hugging her, looking her in the eyes and saying, I love you so much, foreplay. Turning down the volume on the game and giving her your full attention, foreplay. Are you catching on? <laughs> all of these positive things, all of these ways that you're attentive and take care of your own shit and, you know, take care of yourself, these things are foreplay for women. Now, women, my message to you is this. So, yes, I, I want you to think about the positive things to do for your man. But where I'd like more of your, even more of your attention to be is to take charge of your sexuality and make your sexual relationship one of your top priorities, not something at the end of your to-do list. Uh, again, in my experience, this is one of the biggies that happens is that sex gets pushed off to the end of the day. Um, it's not, you know, it's not factored into the every second that's uh, factored into the day and it ends up being an afterthought and everyone's pretty tired at the end of the day and uh, isn't necessarily thinking, oh yeah, let's have sex. So when you're in the mood, you know, when you think of it, that's a good time to have sex. How do you like that? When when it's on your mind, try it then. I don't know. Find him or her at the office. Uh, you know, stop in the middle of the day. Whenever that happens for you, in the morning when you first wake up, whenever that happens for you, think about that and make that your time. Okay. And we'll talk again more about that as I go. So now sex and physical intimacy are a big deal in relationships because it's the one thing, think about this, it's the one thing that we share with our partner that we don't share with anyone else. This is the one thing you share with your partner you don't share with anyone else is your sex life. Your sex life is a special zone that's just between the two of you. And it's one of the key ingredients really to being a couple versus being roommates. Now, and I do want to give a shout out. I'm not talking to open marriages and polyamorous couples who might be listening. I work with a lot of you. Uh, since I'm assuming, you know, you already have plenty of sizzle, so you can stop listening to me and go back to having sex on the kitchen table, okay? All right. But so I'm mostly, I'm talking to who I work the most with who are uh, heterosexual couples and certainly the homosexual couples I work with, the gay couples I work with, uh, this applies to also. So before we dive into the research and what to do, I want to talk about how you got here. Why did your sex life get off track? There, so there are five main reasons I see when I talk to couples, and these these are the big five to me. 
So number one, when you were first together, you were putting your best self first. The legs were always shaved or waxed. You cared if you smelled. You took time to put yourself together and be attractive. But as time goes on, you get comfy and all those things go out the window. So having that erotic steaminess goes out the window. And I will tell you this, if you ain't got mystery, you ain't got sizzle. And and I'll give you some tips for how to deal with that. But you got to have a little mystery here, folks. That's where the sizzle is. That's where the erotic is. Not just, again, how often you're having sex. Number two, number two reason your sex life gets off track is because you assume it will. You assume that marriage or long-term relationships are supposed to be a downward slide and it'll just get worse and worse. That's the assumption that everybody thinks. So this assumption leads to like a permission and a comfortability with sex going out the window. And that shouldn't be there. That, guys, that is not how it needs to be. I promise, I promise. It does not need to be a downhill slide into uh, no, no sexual chemistry or relationship. Number three, number the third reason your sex life has gotten off track is you've confused comforting with comfortable. Comforting in a marriage is awesome. Comforting in a relationship is the best. Being overly comfortable, though, can be a problem. So, and I want to separate these. Comforting is knowing that the other person has your back no matter what. I find that extremely comforting, knowing my my man has my back no matter what. Comforting is snuggling up on a cold night and feeling warm and safe together. However, being too comfortable in a, in a relationship is an issue. You leave the bathroom door open. You think it's funny to fart in front of your partner. You ask your partner to look at that skin tag on your neck. You wear ratty sweatpants in the house, though, you know, the ones from college 30 years ago. You go all winter without shaving your legs. You hit the gym and decide not to shower and just to flop into bed because you're tired. Yeah. Where has the mystery gone, people? So that's too comfortable, not comforting. The comforting part is great. The too comfortable part is not. And I always have to say this because people freak out and send me weird emails. I am not saying that, you know, if you're sick, (laughs) you know, you got the flu, that you should be laying in bed with crotchless panties and makeup on. I please. So, you know, kind of get, you know, don't, don't go too far people. When I talk, uh, I find people always, you know, sometimes looking for those little loopholes. I'm like, come on, of course, that's, that's, of course, that's a part of marriage and relationships and being together <laughs> is that if you're sick or whatever, of course, that person's going to see you that way or take care of you, whatever. I'm talking day to day people. You're not all in bed with the flu every day. I'm talking day to day. Where's the excuse for wearing that disgusting sweatshirt with the stains on it on a normal Tuesday? That's what I'm talking about. Okay, but I digress. All right. Number four, the fourth reason that your sex life has gotten off track, four out of five, is that you think that all this comfortableness is the same as intimacy. So, hey, we've been together a long time. That's the best part. You get to relax. Nope. Your partner always deserves your thoughtfulness and attention. As a matter of fact, I can't think of anyone who deserves it more. Let me ask this. If you've been at a job a long time, do you say, oh, I can relax now. I don't have to do the work. I don't really have to show up when I say I'm gonna. I can wear ratty sweatpants to work every day. Do you say that? Seriously? Do you start getting really familiar with your boss and, and farting in front of him and picking your nose? Or do you ask your boss to look at a skin tag on your neck? No. So just stop it. 
So <laughs> having that at home and having that idea, that's, that's not okay, guys. You know, think, separate, separate. So your partner to me deserves your thoughtfulness and attention more than anyone else. It's not thoughtful or attentive to throw your hair in a ponytail every single day and wear those same yoga pants every single day. It's not thoughtful or attentive to not turn on the fan if you've taken a big dump or to pick your nose in front of your partner. These are not thoughtful and attentive. Just throwing it out there. So intimacy is about vulnerability and emotional closeness, not just relaxing around another person, being vulnerable, being open. So it's different to me if you, you know, have some lump somewhere and you're concerned about it, you know, like that's a very different thing to me. Like, oh, you know, that's huge. That's vulnerable that you talk about it. You discuss it. It's a medical issue. Of course you would. But when there's, you know, I don't know, dandruff, you you don't need to really discuss that with your partner. You really don't. Just get yourself some dandruff shampoo and move on. So (laughs) I want you to be emotionally relaxed, of course, but that doesn't need to translate to scratching your balls while you're having a conversation. Would you have done that on the first date? I don't think so. Again, would you do that with your boss? I don't think so. So these are the ways I want you to be thinking a little differently. Don't confuse comfortableness with intimacy. Intimacy is awesome in a relationship. It's wonderful. Uh, the Being too comfortable again is, is not exactly where we want to be. And number five, number five reason I see that people get really off track is that kids happened. <laughs> There's not much sexy about having children, I got to tell you. Um, yeah, you had to have sex to have them, but that's often where a lot of that ended for people. Uh, it doesn't mean there's anything sexy going on after that. When you find that person you want to marry, I want you to think about, you know, or want to spend your time with, or really want to be in a long-term relationship with, I want you to think back. When you find that person, that person becomes your primary person. That's it. You get, I mean, we look for a long time to find our partners. That's what a number, when I have single people in the office, that's all they're talking about is finding a partner. So and if you remember being single, you'll remember that that's what you were thinking about. So it's, it's finding that person and then you find them and it's like, oh, I found them. And your relationship with that person becomes the center from which you build your life. You start to, you know, build things around and that person becomes very central. When you have a kid, however, the kid becomes the center, which means your partner gets usurped. They, they get, somebody loses their position. And what happens with kids, especially babies, is a lot of physical closeness. When you first have a baby, even if you're, there's no breastfeeding, let's say, and, and again, this can be the man or the woman with the baby, there's so much kissing, holding, snuggling, chewing, hugging, squeezing, and basically you're all over this little person right? When you have a baby, you're all over them and they're all over you. And this kind of physical closeness, especially for women in my experience, again, who tend to be the primary caretakers, at least when um, babies are infants, uh, that physical closeness can take the place of the physical closeness you have with your partner. And as a matter of fact, if you've had a kid hanging off your body all day, the last thing you want is another person trying to hang off your body at night. And, and I went through this, I'm sure many mothers out there have gone through this, you know, you're breastfeeding all the time. I was working, I was exhausted, (laughs) not getting enough sleep. Um, 
I, I, you're not feeling very, you know, your body's not back yet for some of you women, by the way, who, and I know who you are, who like you get pregnant and you unbutton the top button of your jeans and then you have the baby and you button it back up a day later. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to try not to hate you, but for, for the rest of us, that wasn't how it went. And so there was some, a lot of time and energy and work on the other end to, to get rid of that. Um, and some people out there, you know, your body's changed maybe in a way it never went back, all that. And so there's that going on, but again, just that physical, I mean, little people are on us all the time. And so in the one way, it really kind of soothes or fills that need for physical contact. And it also, our partners become more obsolete, but it also becomes that we get exhausted from people wanting physically to touch us and to be on us. And by the way, parts are sore. You know, when I was breastfeeding early in uh, my baby's lives, uh, my, my boobs were sore. So I didn't necessarily want anybody else on them. So, so you go through that period, it's there. And what can happen of course, is that that can become a way of being. And especially if you have kid after kid or whatever, that can, you can start to have a new normal, which doesn't, which isn't so great. So those are my top five reasons for why couples sex lives tend to get off track. And so obviously you're asking, well, what, what are we supposed to do, Abby? What, what's next? And well, I'm going to give you some research first and then talk to you about my, my five tips that, I, that are culminated from the research and from my work with clients. So, and here you go. So there's a great book called The Normal Bar, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And in this book, the researchers are uh, Christiana Northrup, Pepper Schwartz, and James Witt. And they completed this huge survey of over 70,000 people in 24 countries in their quest to find out what couples with a great sex life were doing. So this is all self-report. These are people who self-reported. But even when you have such a big N, a big uh, number that you're looking at, it's great because even, you know, you can take out the significance of, you know, the outliers and things like that and self what the issues are with self-reporting and all that. But And what they found is that couples who are rocking in the bedroom and on the kitchen counter and wherever else are doing the following. So they they found these things that couples who are reporting a great sex life are doing. Now, again, it doesn't mean that it's an erotic sex life. They're reporting a great sex life. But we're going to start there because that's good. And I'm going to add the erotic in a minute. So (laughs) because they might have erotic too. It's whatever they deemed as great. So here's what they do. These couples have makeout sessions and kiss each other passionately. They do that even again, like they, they really like have hot kissing. Okay. And there's a, this, by the way, another German study that found that men who kiss their wives every day live five years longer than the men who didn't. Yeah, baby. Five years longer. Kiss your wife. Okay. Uh, these couples who are rocking in the bedroom also kiss and touch passionately, but non-erotically every day, even in public and non-erotically meaning that there there's passion, there's kissing, but it's not leading to sex all the time. It's, it's, uh, they're doing these things, they're making out, it's kind of goes with number one here, but, um, they're also cuddling together non-sexually. They say, I love you and mean it every day. They give surprise romantic gifts. They keep playing and having fun together. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They make sex a priority, not the last item of a long to-do list. They, they make it a priority. They talk comfortably about their sex life. They, they're able to talk about sex and what they want and what they don't. They have dates and take romantic vacations. Um, and a lot of you know I get crazy about date night. Um, and I, so I don't, I don't have an issue with date night if you're getting along with your partner. I have an issue with date night if the two of you aren't speaking. Um, people know I, I get on a tear when uh, therapists uh, prescribe date night to couples who come in when they haven't done the – work they need to do first to be able to get to a date night. But anyway, I, I digress. But couples who are having great sex, you know, are happy together. They're having date nights and they're taking romantic vacations. And overall, the biggie is that they're mindful about turning toward one another and giving one another their attention. You know, they're, again, thinking of this person as their primary person. They're really putting them first and foremost. So now there have also been studies saying what not to do if you want to maintain a good sexual connection. There have been other studies showing what doesn't work or that really what couples who don't have good sex lives are reporting. And there was a, a study I liked at the Sloan Center at UCLA, which who studied, they studied couples who both, who were both couples worked, where both people in the couple worked, um, and also where they had young children. So I, I liked this one because a lot of the people I work with, that's where a lot of things get off track is in that uh, realm. And what they found in couples, again, without a good sex life were the following. They spent very little time together overall. The men tended to be job-centered while the woman, women tended to be child-centered. They talked a lot about their enormous to-do lists. They made everything else a priority instead of their relationship. And basically, they'd become roommates leading, leading parallel lives. So, and a lot of folks I have who come in the office, this would describe them to a T. Now, when I look at the couples I work with who aren't connected sexually, I, I want to just say that these five traits are always there in one form or another. They really are in some way. And they're there whether or not they have young children and even if only one person works. So those traits to me, uh, that's why I like this study. I thought, wow, th this feels very similar to what I get told, even if, you know, there's only they only need one income in the house, or even if the kids are older, or even if they don't have kids, I see a lot of this kind of stuff. Now, people reporting a good sex life is different, like I mentioned, than people reporting a hot or erotic sex life. And I want to make sure we cover both today. Remember, I promised, so here we are. And this is something relationship expert Esther Pearl is known for. If you haven't um, watched her or seen her or read her, you should. She's awesome. Her TED Talk is dynamite. I adore her. I will uh, link in the show notes. She has a great book called Mating in Captivity. <laughs> it's a great book if you haven't read it. And she... It's interesting. Her work kind of goes 
it, it can look on the outside like it goes against what these studies show about the cuddling and the spending time together and all that. Because what she says is that you can't do any of that stuff and have hot sex. Um, that that's part of the problem is you get so comfortable with each other that you don't you don't end up with hot sex. So again, that's why I keep trying to separate these terms. I think people confuse them. What a good sex life is to people versus what erotic or hot sex is. And a lot of people again think about how often they have sex, or the fact that they you know have an orgasm, or the fact that they um, that it's you know still pretty good. You know, however they might think of that, and again, these are different things that she's talking about versus what these other studies show. But I think there's a way to fuse them. So I just want to be clear about that. I'm going to put them together for you today. So in her book, in this Mating in Captivity book, she talks about how becoming more comfortable and stable in your relationship is the very thing that makes having an erotic sexual encounter with your partner more difficult. And so she's arguing, and I think correctly, that erotic energy feeds on newness and novelty. It does. Let's be real, right? Um, when you're first with that person, you see them across the room, there's a lot of pheromones floating around, right? It's hot. It's sexy. The, and once your relationship is past that early honeymoon phase, it often becomes predictable and expected. And that leads to boredom in the bedroom. She talks about this as the battle between domesticity and eroticism, that, that there's a battle there. And I think she's right. I think she's right on. So to feel uninhibited desire, you do. You need a little distance. You need some secrets. There has to be some mystery and even some anonymity somehow. It's not hard to see how all this intimacy and closeness in our relationship can get in the way of that. Now, so what's the answer then to having an intimate and close relationship that also has sizzle, right? You're thinking, well, if you <laughs> if these things are, are diametrically opposed, what am I supposed to do? Well, you... You've really got to do three things. First, you want to find ways to create some healthy distance in your relationship. Second, you want to be conscious about bringing novelty or newness into your relationship. And lastly, you've got to make your sexual relationship a priority and not last on a to-do list at the end of a long day. So with those three things in mind, and you can just take that and you can go run with it if you want, but I have some specifics for how to do that. So with those things in mind, along with the other research out there and my own work with couples, here are some of my top tips for creating a hot and happy sex life. So so having having hot sex too. And so I've got five action tips. Like, you know me, I love my action tips. Okay. And again, everything's in the show notes later. If you're listening to this on your drive, you can go back to abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast and uh, get to this episode 25 and you'll be all set. So number one, tip number one is to don't be overly familiar. Shut the door. I say this all the time. You've heard me say it on other podcasts. All that goes on with sharing a home and a life leads to a lot of over-familiarity. And this over-familiarity makes it hard to keep physical intimacy fresh and fun. I want you to make sure to keep some things private. Please, I'm begging you. You need to pee? Close the damn bathroom door. Need to fart? Leave the room. Have some, again, you know, weird mole on your inner thigh, show it to your best friend or your doctor, not your partner. Think you smell a little ripe, but you want to just drop into bed? Get your ass up and take a quick shower first, unless your partner's into that, because, you know, sometimes that can be hot. But you know what I mean? Make sure your partner thinks it's hot. 
Another way not to be not to be overly familiar is to stop undressing in front of one another. How do you like this? So yeah, make it special. You know, being naked in front of our partners to me should be sort of a special thing. Like getting to see the goods should be special. So if you do undress in front of your partner, think about it. Make it a little show. Uh, you know, take off your clothes slowly or be very aware or, or stand a minute in, in your, you know, matching lingerie or your your hot uh, Calvin Klein boxers or whatever it is that you're um, wearing or boxer briefs. Sorry, that's what I like. Um, <laughs> whatever it is that you're wearing. And yeah, be aware of whatever it is that you're wearing as your underwear, right? Make it again a little bit of a show if you want. I want you to think of good naked and bad naked. There's good naked and bad naked. I know some people will think, oh, men think all naked's good. They actually don't. Uh, I know my man actually likes little little peaks of things as opposed to, you know, he he likes it naked. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he also likes when you just get a hint of things. Um, that's sort of fun too. So it's, it's, it's not only just showing the goods, right? Um, Good naked, yeah, it's, you got your little sexy peeks at things. You keep it special. You be aware of how you look in front of your partner. And bad naked is more of that over-familiarity, not caring anymore. And oh, and any position that looks like you're pooping or grunting, it's not so good. It's not sexy. So stay away from bad naked. Okay. So those are my little tips not to be overly familiar. Uh, it just it just takes a little thought to start creating some boundaries at home, so it's not all so right there. Okay, tip number two is pay attention, and I'm going to give you some very specifics for this. When your partner walks in the house, this is the easiest thing to do. I've said it before in my broadcast, but not all of you are doing it. When your partner walks in the house, stop whatever you are doing and physically go greet them at the door. You can turn off whatever you're cooking on the stove. You can stop whatever's happening with the kids. You can leave that email unfinished. It's not going to kill you. Get Go to the door as they're walking in, wherever that door is. Give them a kiss, a hug, both. Welcome them home. Make eye contact. Be intentional with them, right? Have them feel the love and happiness you feel that they're home. It's so nice. Make out at the door. Making out at the door is a beautiful thing. Uh, really let them know you're happy to see them. Check The other thing you can do to pay attention is check your partner out and let them know you're checking them out. If your partner walks in a room, stop what you're doing and watch them. Just again, stop making it all so familiar and all so bland. If you're on a first date and your partner you know, got up from the table, let's say you're at dinner and they went to the bathroom and they came back, I don't think you'd just be staring at your phone and then when they sat back at the table, just kept staring at your phone. You, you'd be watching and hopefully you're watching when they get up to go to the bathroom, watching them walk away, always a good time. So stop what you're doing, watch your partner, notice his broad shoulders, notice how good she looks in that skirt, notice your partner's eyes. Consciously think of your partner in a more sexual way more often. And this isn't about having a perfect body. Get over yourselves. I'm in my fifties, please. Like that ship has, has sailed. Uh, this is about appreciating and noticing different aspects of your partner. And it has been my vast experience. I have to tell you that if you can feel sexy, your partner will think you're sexy. It is the confidence. It is the being fully in charge of your body. It is not about having the perfect ass. It's really not. It is about believing that you're hot shit and putting that out there. And again and again, I've had 
so, I mean, literally thousands of people tell me this over the years. I'm telling you it's the truth. And I know it from my own world. It, it is what is true. So stop saying, oh, but this doesn't look good and that doesn't look good. And oh, this is here. The, your partner doesn't care. They really don't. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure there's the half of 1% that does. In general, they care if you're hot, if you're uninhibited, if you're, if you're screwing their brains out, they're really not thinking, oh, there's a dimple of cellulite uh, on his or her thigh. It's just not where the energy is. So the other way you pay attention is if your partner asks you a question or speaks to you, stop what you're doing and give them your full attention. Yeah. Mind-blowing, right? What a crazy idea, Abby. Where'd you get this idea from? Ooh, it's rocket science. No, it's not. Put down your phone. Turn down the volume on the TV. Look up from your computer and stop typing. Full attention. It only takes a minute. Give them your full attention. Uh, What I hear from people is, oh, if I start doing that, they're going to bug me all the time because they're always interrupting. They're always interrupting because you don't give them your attention. If you start giving attention, they'll stop needing to interrupt you so much. I'm telling you, it works. I've seen it time and time again. Okay. Number three tip is to touch without sex. Focus on touching your partner often. Maybe every time you touch your phone, make sure you also touch your partner. When they enter or leave the room, touch or kiss them. As they walk by, touch them. Do all this without it leading to sex. It doesn't mean the kisses and touches shouldn't be hot and passionate. It just means it can't always be with the intention of getting in the bedroom, right? I, you know, think of it as foreplay. It's sort of hot to have the hot kissing and something else and then nothing, you know, it's sort of wait. <laughs> it's, it's hot. It's cool. This is, again, it's all about foreplay and buildup. Even think about, you know, giving a massage without it going anywhere else. So just be sexual in the moment without actual sex. Think of that. So you can uh, rub his or her shoulders in the living room for a few minutes and really make it hot and run your hands places and do all that. And then that's it. And then go finish making dinner or go in the garage and finish whatever you were doing or whatever's going on. It, it just, it's like a buildup. It's, it's think of this foreplay. Think of having that. So touching without sex. Tip number four is get some distance, people. <laughs> Keep up your outside relationships. I get so concerned when couples have uh, the, each other as their best friend. Your partner, I say this over and over, doesn't need to be your best friend. I want you to have other best friends, you, other people in your life. Maybe your partner can be your best female or male friend, but shouldn't be your best friend. Your best friends are where you go with all your stuff. And I, I, get, I get hate mail about this. That's okay. You can keep sending them. But it's the truth. You, if you, again, want to have this other, and, and if you, if you want to have this other piece of your relationship, and I will say this to you who have written in, who <laughs> say, my partner's my best friend and that's how it should be. And we're so happy. And I, I, I hear you. And yet you, you know, you do listen, you're listening now to how to have better sex. So I would just say to you, that's great. And what if you also open that up and thought, wow, could it be even better? Could we be even closer and more intimate? I think you could. And I think these are the ways to get there, to add the erotic, to add the hot, to add the fun. Uh, There's ways to do that. And 
it just, when our partners are best friend, you know, you're not having hot sex with your best friend generally. So it, it gets hard. So have a guy or gal's weekend away from your partner, have separate hobbies. Don't do everything together. This doesn't mean have parallel lives, right? I mean, don't have parallel lives. You need to have connected lives. There needs to be places you connect, but there should also be places that are private and where you disconnect for a bit and just be you, not, not a mom or dad, not a husband or a wife, not a sister or a brother, just you out in the world being yourself. It's, it's a great thing. So get some distance too. All right. Last tip, tip number five before we're going to end today is what I said earlier. Remember that every positive thing you do in your relationship is foreplay. Think back to where we started today. You've got to think about sex way before you get to the bedroom or again, or the kitchen or the van or wherever. (laughs) For you men out there, remember that it's what you do all day that primes your woman for trusting you and being hot later. If, if, you know, she's watching you, I don't know, clip your toenails and leave the nails everywhere. uh, And then she goes and picks them up or she bitches about it. Trust me, she's not thinking of, of, giving you a blowjob later. Like it's not happening. Uh, You know, you got to think like, oh, these things I'm doing add up to things. If she's just made, you know, your appointments for your doctor and, you know, cleaned up after you, she's feeling like your mom, not your wife. So you do not want your partner feeling like your mommy or daddy. Hello. That's not, those are not people we have sex with. So you really have to keep that in mind. It doesn't mean your partner can't care for you and nurture you. That's all awesome. It, that's different than taking care of you. Okay. Those are two different things. So it's not about, I want to remind men too, it's not about the grand gestures that you do for her. It's all those little connections, little romances all day. Okay. And for the women out there, you know, get naked and bring a pizza. No, just kidding. (laughs) Well, sort of just kidding. (laughs) For the women out there, I say, like I said earlier, take charge of your sexual relationship. Don't wait on him. Plan a little lunchtime rendezvous. Climb in the back of the minivan together after soccer drop off. Drop your pants near the dryer. Don't wait until the end of the day when you're exhausted. Make sex your and your man a priority and think of it often. Think of your own sexual life. If you feel like you're not in the mood for sex, you know, think about... Now, again, I'm excluding anything medical that could be going on, which always should be checked. Um, I'm talking in general, though, is, is to not believe that you should just not want sex anymore. There's something there and it needs to get kind of stoked. I, I will say this. I never liked to go work out. You know, I have for years didn't, hated working out, didn't want to go do it. And, you know, once you start working out, though, once I started being more physically fit, I actually occasionally look forward to working out and I think about it more and it's easier to do and I feel more fit and together. It, it's a better part of my life. But in the beginning, when it was so far, it felt so hard to incorporate. But have some faith, have some trust that these things will happen. And the more you think about it, the better it'll get. Okay, there you have it. That was today's broadcast. I know you have a lot of listening options, so I really appreciate you all being here. Please be on the lookout for my book, uh, Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And uh, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And that's it. Have a great day. And I will talk to you on the next broadcast. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.